Kia team and welcome to the Beyond the Surface podcast, a platform to dive deep into the minds of incredible Kiwis who have a story worth sharing. My name's Noel Woolof and on today's episode, I sat down with Courtney Durr, the founder of Worthwild and on a mission to help women build a sense of self-worth and make good shit happen. Courtney's really easy to talk to and just oozes positivity. Something which really stuck out to me was the concept around being comfortable with having uncomfortable feelings, but you'll hear that a bit later in the episode. Really quick, I just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's listening to the podcast so far and who has been following the journey. Your support truly means the world to me and I hope that you're getting some sort of value from listening to these conversations that you can bring back into your everyday life. If you are enjoying these episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please remember to drop it a five-star review. I believe this helps our podcast get found in the algorithm so more people can hear these conversations. If you do, I promise I'll shout you a beer or a coffee just for being such a legend. Anyway, welcome to episode number seven. Cool. Courtney Durr, welcome to the potty. Hello, hello. It's nice to be here. Good to see you. It's probably been a few years since we last caught up. Yeah, I think maybe the last time that we did that interview um, together. Don't, don't bring it up. <laughs> I'm already Oh my up. God. For the people listening, um, I was telling Courtney before the podcast that I found an old Facebook video of me, I must have been like 18, 19. And I was doing, we were doing like a podcast basically. Yeah. And it was just so cringe. It was yeah. horrible. <laughs> and we are not putting that in the show notes. <laughs> no, never, never. That, and you that guys will never see it. That won't resurface. Yeah. But um, hey, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Um, for people who aren't familiar with who you are, do you mind just introducing yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, so my name is Courtney Durr. I am the founder of Worthwild. Um, so Worthwild is a business that helps women with their self-worth. So my, my whole thing, just to be as simple and brief as possible, is I just help women to help them have a healthy relationship with themselves because the relationship that you have with yourself definitely stems into every area of your life. So yeah, I, I work mainly with wahine and um, through coaching and community. Awesome. Yeah. And you've been on that journey for a number of years now. I know we connected, as we said earlier, through Inspiring Stories and it was body body love back mm. in the day and you're doing more sort of fitness and, and boot camps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How How did that whole journey start? Yeah, it's it's been. I feel yeah, because we've we've known each other for quite a while. But um, I my journey has definitely changed, and I think that it's definitely been a reflection of my own personal growth. So as I've kind of grown and expanded, the business has done the same. So I come from a really sporting background. I my whole life um, when I was younger was sports. Um, it's funny. I I always. My sisters and my mum and, and my brother are really artistic and uh, I just, I always kind of joked about how I never got the artistic abilities. I draw like a five-year-old, but I got the sporting abilities and so I just, I definitely made that um, unintentionally my identity. It was just, you know, everyone kind of spoke to me about sports and fitness and all of that and so um, kind of being in school, I just thought, well, I'll naturally follow that. And I studied sport and I went into exercise prescription and personal training. And yeah, and then I kind of fell into, I fell into running my own business. Um, so I started working at Les Mills as a PT, uh, personal trainer. And um, 
I, I just remember thinking, like, how the hell did I end up here? Because I would never have kind of picked myself as a business owner, um, but I definitely just kind of following my joy, which is something that I am really proud of myself for. I always follow my joy. And um, so following my joy, it kind of led from personal training into working mainly with women. Um, and I guess through the personal training journey, I... I got to have really intimate relationships with my clients um, and even though it was we were doing fitness, they would still kind of share with me their stories and their lives and their struggles and I yeah, I just remember thinking like, oh, these, these amazing women are talking about themselves in such like harsh ways and it just made me feel really sad. I never really I never really recognized that I actually did that to myself, mm. but um what were they saying? Like what sort of things would they like would you hear through your experiences with them? Yeah, so they what I noticed is that they would do all these incredible things. So, you know, I'm working with mums and business owners and people who, uh, you know, have these incredible talents. And what I found was that they were just focusing on what they weren't enough of. Mm. So it was not, they didn't feel comfortable, confident speaking of their strengths. And they only focused on, you know, comparing themselves to either what they used to be or what people around them were. And so just, yeah, through that, I kind of just realized that actually this is, this is the direction I want to go in. Mm. Yeah, There's something almost and sadly innately Kiwi about that sort of way that we communicate and talk to ourselves. Mm. I had um, Jahan Casanada on the podcast and, you know, he's written a book around his experience through battling mental health and, he talks about, you know, putting on the mask and every morning there's stories which you tell yourself, wherever you're tying your shoelaces or having your breakfast or having your morning coffee from the experiences that you've had in your life. But if we can dive into those stories, he thinks we can help re rewrite our own sort of narrative, if that makes yeah. sense. But it makes what, a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah but like, what, what what is that that makes, I guess, women in particular feel that feel that way? Yeah, I think it's something that I've thought about a lot. Just this idea of what is confidence, and I think that a lot of the a lot of the narrative that I heard was that people wanted to. Um, come across as humble. Like humble was, mm. you know, the the best thing to be seen as. Yep. Um, and I think that we kind of took it too far. I don't. I think humble is a, a is a beautiful quality, but I think that we kind of took it too far to the other end of the spectrum, where we would pretend that we didn't even know our strengths and we wouldn't talk about ourselves in a positive light, um, to the point where we actually forgot it and then it became our truth. So it was just kind of like, mm. and I, I think that is some part of it. And I also think that there's this idea of if I speak well of myself, then either people are going to think that I'm being cocky um, or people are going to disagree with me. And if people, you know, say, if I say like, oh, I, I look good or um, I did really well in the meeting. If someone disagrees, it's, you know, that, that's a really bad thing. So it's better to kind of, you know, lower your own expectations of yourself yeah. or speak less of yourself because then people kind of, um, yeah, I guess, exceed those expectations or say, no, you're, you're great. And it, it's that, you know, getting that external validation from other people is kind of nice. So. Yeah. 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 No. And is, is that like a journey that you have, I guess, is that a journey that you have had a lot of spirit experience in firsthand, like maybe feeling those feelings when you're first sort of starting out in sport? 
Yeah, yeah. I think I think that my journey is kind of interesting because I had this perception of me that I was this confident, outgoing, positive person and I just thought that like I I definitely had a lot of toxic positivity. I don't know if you've kind of heard much about no. toxic positivity, but Toxic positivity is where you are just saying everything is okay, like just be happy, you know, happiness is the only appropriate emotion. Um, If somebody is sad, it's like, oh, don't cry, like, you know, think of, like, look on the bright side. Um, So that was kind of me. I just, I remember just having like all these vision boards and just like happiness and let's be positive. And I'm, and I really saw myself as this like confident, positive person and um, which is, seems like a, you know, a positive thing to think about yourself, but it was a really strong identity to the point where uh, I didn't allow myself to have any other emotions and I also kind of sacrificed my own needs and my own boundaries because I wanted to make other people feel comfortable. So I was like, I'm that positive, confident person mm. around other people um, so it makes them feel better and, um, you know, I never I never allowed myself to be angry. I never allowed myself to feel, um, to express my insecurities or to just, you know, have low days and if I did, I would suppress them or I'd ignore them or I'd just be really, really hard on myself. Um, so, yeah. How does somebody find their own identity and there's something that as I'm getting older I'm becoming more conscious of it like I don't do meditation I live in a really fast-paced world you know my phone's always buzzing off probably borderline social media addiction <laughs> like it's um you know th- there's a lot of things there that kind of takes up so much your focus and your attention and it's easy not to really dive deep into those feelings mm-hmm. um, and to put on put on that mask. Like, how does somebody become conscious and aware of those sort of feelings enough to mean that they can change them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think about it. I think about it a lot. I think about the concept of the masks that we wear and the identities that we have. And I think that um, whether whether the those masks are positive quote unquote, um, negative or neutral, I think that that doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is the attachment that we have to them. So for example, it's, you know, I know that a lot of women um, have the identity of, let's use mum, for example, Um, I'm a good mum. And that's the identity that they have of themselves and then they have, you know, the stories of what that means. And so um, if anybody was to push against the, you know, say that they weren't being a good mum or um, if they kind of fell outside of that, they would be really hard on themselves. So it's like, oh, um, you know, I'm a good mum and that means that I... Um, I give to my kids, I don't give to myself, I put everybody else before myself, I, you know, I just do everything for my kids and it's like, because that's the identity of like, my worth in this world is being a mother, um, some other people, uh, my worth in this world is being an athlete mm. and so the well, problem, their job and their title, yeah, yeah. My, my worth in this world, um, so the mask I wear is I am uh, really, yeah, I'm. I have high status. I have a good job. I earn. A, I earn a good living, and so the attachment to that is that if that's taken away from you, 
then you crumble. So it's like I put my worth in these identities, but if somebody outside of me takes it away or if that is taken from me, then what am I? And that's where, like, the breakdowns happen and that's where we, like, you know, into those really low states of self, uh, self-worth. self And so I think that, yeah, it's not necessarily the identities that's a bad thing, but the attachment that we have to them that's mm. causing us a lot of uh, struggle. That's a really good point. Do you think things are getting better and more people are becoming conscious of the uh, your business worthwhile and, you know, reaching out for help or looking to explore ways to increase their sort of mental clarity and confidence within themselves? Yeah, I definitely think that it's improving. I think that whilst, you know, the big C... Um, COVID. COVID. Oh man, I just <laughs> like, I just got the new antibodies two weeks ago. So yeah. um, I think that the that kind of forced a lot of people. I, I I just remember being the first lockdown in New Zealand um, where people were forced to you know stay at home. It was just something that not, nobody had ever experienced. We we're not allowed to you know leave our house. We have to stay there, and a lot of people were who were used to busying themselves and kind of numbing themselves, uh, numbing their thoughts through work, through socialising, through, you know, food and activities, every, like, busying themselves, they then were at home and they were with their minds and it was like, what the F is this? Like, I don't want to be here with myself. And that's that's what I mean about helping women have a a healthy relationship with themselves is because a lot of, a lot of people can't sit with themselves um, and, you know, be with their thoughts. And it's like it, people struggle to be in conversation with themselves. So I think that whilst COVID has been horrible in so many ways, it did, for a lot of people that I've worked with, it did help them kind of actually say, you know what, I need to I need to look at this. I need to learn how to be in company with myself and learn how to enjoy that company. Um, so I think that yes, we have a long way to go, but it's starting to it's starting to um, be more normalised. Um, I also find it interesting in the way that in my comfort levels of telling people what I do, uh, that I'm finding it easier now because people people kind of know what a life coach is or a mm. self worth. You know, like people know the concept of self worth um, and that sort of thing. Whereas like. A couple of years ago, it was like, you what, what the bloody hell was that? <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, I, it's funny because sometimes I have conversations in particular with like, I've had conversations with people in my family. Um, well, I'll just say my dad because I don't think he will listen to this. But he, you know, he'll use the term like new age bullshit. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. If no, I can't no, swear. you swear away. <laughs> Fucking new shit. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, there's still, the, I think, um, definitely the older generations of like, you know, new age bullshit is like basically what I do, but it's fine. <laughs> so we have a while to go, but I think it's improving. That's a really good point around COVID and the lockdown or the C word, you know, it, I, you're right. I think it did make people look inwards rather than being so externally focused. Um, and just because yeah, it, it took people a second to actually pause and stop, yeah, right? Yeah. And thinking back People on it. baking and like... Yeah, sourdough, <laughs> like what the hell, all of this other <laughs> yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I guess on the other side it did probably, you know, there's always there's always issues which comes from those sort of things. 
and hopefully we're away from the from the lockdown soon yeah. because I just came out of I figured out this last month I've done uh, over seven days of seventeen days of isolation, being a close contact, oh, no. locking down my daughter, and then catching COVID and then doing the seven days. So oh. this whole month has just been a blur. Oh my god! Well, I am I'm very cocky and I'm just like nah, I'm not gonna get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good mentality. Yeah. 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 Touch wood. Totally touch wood. Um, I guess transitioning from working in the sort of physical space, doing boot camps, and then moving into more more of the co- coaching role, what have you seen to be some of the biggest barriers around empowerment and confidence building in women? Well, something that comes to mind and even kind of talking about normalising, um, I guess, looking within and, you know, building that strong relationship with yourself. I think that... The saying ignorance is bliss makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that it is. it feels a lot safer to be ignorant, um, to be unaware, because when you, when you start to recognise, oh, these are my patterns, or these are my unhelpful thoughts that I experience, um, these are my regrets that I have, and when you start recognizing them and then you see them show up in your current day of, you know, through self-sabotage and um, holding yourself back and, you know, uh, attracting toxic relationships, you know, all of mm. it. It's like when you become aware of it, it can feel really exhausting. And um, it's almost like you just, I think that people find the discomfort of being with emotions that they maybe haven't sat with before. I never use I never use positive or negative emotions. I think that emotions are all neutral. Right. Um, but there are definitely emotions that are more challenging to experience. And I think that when you start to do this work, people are just like, what? Like, why am I doing this? I feel worse. I feel worse when I look at myself and I look at these thoughts and I look at these patterns. I just want to go back to the familiar. And I think I think that's such a huge thing that stops people from from kind of looking within and and um, I guess unlearning helpful unhelpful thoughts and, and patterns. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Where do you learn all this stuff? Because you're obviously wisdom above <laughs> your years. Is this all based off you know your own? Because there's no school on this sort of stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like where do you get the get the knowledge around it? It's amazing. Yeah. Oh well, I'm so happy that you brought that up because that definitely touches on. Um, in an insecurity of mind that I've been working through um, for years, like mm. since I was in school. Um, so one of my limiting beliefs is that I'm stupid and um, I can kind of look back to, you know, where that came from. And I, I definitely, like, obviously I have to do this work myself. I cannot just be like, okay, this is how you do it and not, you know, go through the, the motions myself. Yeah. But um, so, so I have this limiting belief that I'm stupid and um, the, I've had to kind of work through that and recognise that I think definitely society tells you like you go to school and then you go to university and then you get a degree and then you get a good job and then you get a house and then you find a partner and then you get married and you have kids and it's like, totally. oh, okay, this is how this is how people are supposed to do things if they want to be successful and they want to be happy. And I've really not done that. And um, I, I am definitely, I've definitely come a long way, but I haven't, like I didn't, I went to 
uh, what, I think it's called Polytechnic, like mm -hmm. that's where I studied sport. And then I went from sport straight into working and I never went to a university and it's, yeah, it's the same with my, and my family environment. We don't kind of thrive in those sort of um, normal studious environments. Yeah. And so, yeah, so my learnings has come from uh, definitely experience. Um, I, one of my biggest values is growth. I am obsessed with learning. I, whether that's through books and podcasts and courses and coaches, which I do a lot of, um, or through my own, you know, day-to-day -day experiences and my relationships with people um, and my own, like, thoughts and the ways that I get out of my comfort zone. So my my learning um, has come from, yeah, such different areas, but not from the, I guess, conventional mm. kind of ways. And I do... I do love that about myself as well because I think that there's a lot of people out there like me who, you know, maybe aren't, um, can't, I shouldn't say can't, but don't thrive in those, those you know, learning environments. Mainstream, mainstream yeah. Yeah, yeah, mainstream learning environments um, that hold themselves back because they're like, well, you know, what if somebody um, pulls me up on this or what if I don't know the answer? And so I, I love that this is my story and that I can, I know that there's a lot of people that probably hold themselves back because they think that they're not good enough or smart enough. And here I am like doing living my absolute dream um, and not going the mainstream sort of conventional way. I love that. I'll give you a cheers for oh, that. Oh, cheers. Cheers. That yes. is, honestly, when you were saying that, I just resonate with that so heavily um, with my story as well. Definitely haven't followed the sort of mainstream route. You know, I had a baby at 16, mm. decided to uh, choose practical work experience over going to university because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, didn't want to clock up. 30 grand worth of debt and being a job, which I hate. So yeah, took that sort of, I guess, left view path of, um, <laughs> is a good toot there. Um, hopefully we can edit that out. Um, but yeah, just I've, I can resonate with what you're saying because I've also, you know, haven't taken that mainstream path. And it's really easy when you see a lot of your friends um, who are going into that path and going to university, getting the, the degree, getting the photo with them in their frame. There is a part of you which feels like, oh shit, like that's not me. And the way that we see success in terms of society, it's, you know, you do A, B, C, D and E in that consecutive order. Mm. And yeah, it's, I don't want this to turn into a therapy session for myself, <laughs> but I feel that's what I was turning into. But, um, let yeah. it out, let it oh, out. Oh <laughs> yeah, I have to. And yeah, that I think that does bring with it its own its own insecurities, you know. Yeah, it, it really does. With it, and I've, I feel that in my professional work at times, yeah. where I'm working with people who are a lot older than me, they've got that sort of education behind them. Some of them have PhDs. Mm. I'm just like Jesus Christ, like <laughs> how what, what has this person got to get off me in terms of value? Yes, yeah, I so resonate. That's actually been something that has been um, a really big, like it's been on the surface of my mind um, in terms of, yeah, I guess I definitely go through these like phases in my life where I'm like, oh, this is a big theme for this uh, part of my life. And at the moment, um, so uh, late last year, or yeah, kind of mid last year, I guess, um, I broke up with my partner and I moved home and it was very like, okay, this is what's happening, like, I'm just going to roll with it. And it's been really interesting that I also just turned 30 and it's kind of... Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Um, but it's just this, uh, you know, 
the way that we are conditioned to believe like this is the timeline and this is what equals success. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I'm the single woman who's a single 30 year old woman who's living at home with her parents and I haven't I haven't got a house I don't have kids I don't have a degree and when I'm when I'm not aware of my thoughts and when I'm not conscious of what's going up stairs going on upstairs in my noggin um, I can I can feel really shit about that and I can be like I am a failure um, but when I am more conscious of what's going on, I can say, actually, you know what, I feel so fulfilled in what I do. I feel, I feel so confident in myself. I'm so proud of everything that I have accomplished. I have an incredible support system. I'm so excited about my future. I feel very much where I'm meant to be. And that's, you know, I think just taking the time to not be swept up in what society says, you should do this and you should do this. And if you don't, you're a failure. But mm. actually recognising these are the achievements. So, you know, buying a house and getting a degree and having a certain type of job, they are definitely things to be proud of. And I'm not like, you know, undermining that. But I also think that those, the more intangible things, like a sense of self-confidence, um, you know, prioritising your joy, having solid friendships and relationships um, with both others and yourself. I think those are things to be proud of as well. And I think that people kind of, you know, they're like the more softer things. So people or the more feminine things and people are like, oh, mm. well, that's not, you know, that's not something to be proud of because I don't have something tangible that I can touch and it's just bullshit. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's what I call bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we've dropped, we've dropped yeah. the bomb. Let's go on it. <laughs> no, you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> um, just thinking practically, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts around what the steps are that you take women through when they're dealing with insecurities. Mm. So... I run a program called Lighthouse and uh, on the day before my 30th, my good friend asked me, what is three things that you're most proud of from your 20s? And one of those things was starting Lighthouse. And Lighthouse is a group coaching program. It is run online um, thanks to COVID, but um, yeah, it's a group coaching program where I work with a group of maximum 20 women and we, I help them have a stronger sense of self-worth and have a better relationship with themselves. I also help, uh, I guess, bring like-minded women together and it is my... It has just brought me so much fulfillment and so much joy and so much growth. And so I guess in terms of I've been running it for two years, two and a half years now and running that program and kind of having three months, it's just like, well, what can you do in three months? You know, some of these people, some of these women haven't done any any sort of self-development before and some of them go to therapy like there was one woman who'd been to therapy who goes to therapy every week for the last 20 years or something like that it was crazy so there's such a wide uh, group of women that do this program and I'm kind of thinking to myself like how can I aid in this journey how can I help them um, move through this journey because the thing is I can't I can't give them this tangible result at the end of three months because this journey of 
you know, going within, of working through your your stuff. Um, it's it is literally a lifelong journey. So um, for me, the the main things I would say in terms of yeah, I guess. I guess working through your insecurities, um, one of the big things that has come up a lot is uh, learning to be with uncomfortable emotions. I cannot stress how important it is to learn about emotions, learn about the the multitude of emotions, um, but also learn to be with your emotions and feel them in your body. I think that a lot of the things that hold us back in life is because we're scared of sitting with uncomfortable mm. emotions. So we don't, you know, ask that person out because we're scared that we'll feel rejected. We we don't go, we don't put our hand up in a meeting because we, you know, we're ashamed or we're embarrassed or we're scared. We, um, you know cancel that coffee date with that person, um, with a friend, because we feel anxious. Um, you know, even even on the other side, people struggle to feel feelings of, like, joy and excitement. And so it's just this, a lot of the things that hold us back from doing, from feeling how we want to feel, from, you know, achieving our goals is the struggle of actually sitting with emotions. Mm. And it's been a really interesting thing for me because I realise, oh, if I'm willing to feel if I'm willing to feel disappointment, if I'm willing to feel anger, if I'm willing to feel regret, um, embarrassment, sadness, then I'm unstoppable. So those emotions, they just have different vibrations in your body. Like regret feels different to anger and anger feels different to sadness. And if I'm willing to sit with it and feel it in my body, accept it and allow it to, you know, flow through and process out, then I am going to be able to do anything that I want in life. I'm going to be able to have such deep connections. I'm going to be able to go after, you know, these incredible goals that I have. Um, yeah, so I think emotions is a, is a big one. That's amazing. That's so true. So it's getting people comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I think that when we're so in our head, it's like something we feel – fear and it triggers a response of we want to move away from fear mm. you know so and that's just the um the caveman mindset yeah of, the natural you know, sort of response yeah, it's like if you don't like that feeling it's not yeah. positive so you try to I guess limit it as much as possible yeah because our job is to keep us alive that is like that is the job of the mind and the body is to keep us alive and so when we enter something that triggers the feeling of fear uh Without the awareness of actually what is this fear, without that awareness and that consciousness, we run the other way. You know, we're like, okay, that's a bad thing. I need to, I need to go the other way because fear means potential of death. You know, mm. that's like it does it like it doesn't always, but that's that's what our mind is telling us, yeah. and so we run the other way. And I think that in having a better relationship with yourself, you are able to show yourself compassion and understanding, and be like, "Hey, cool. It's like I know you're scared, but actually, you've you by going by leaning leaning into this, you're going to grow. You're going to learn about yourself, um, and the the possibility of actually, you know." what can come from it is so much greater than the fear of, you know, what you're scared of. So I think it's just this understanding of like, okay, I know that my body and my mind are trying to protect me, but it doesn't always, 
it's not always in my best interest. Mm, mm. Yeah. Do you ever get like the feeling yourself of, you know, we kind of touched on it earlier around imposter syndrome. You know, I'm thinking of you, 30 years of age, and we talked about some of those insecurities either. But when you're coaching, I'm guessing a lot of the women are also a lot older than you, some of them might be. Mm. Have you ever felt that feeling of imposter syndrome? <laughs> Literally every day. Yeah. <laughs> every single goddamn day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a real it's a real hard one. Um, I have to I have to talk to myself every single day and especially like through the coaching calls I have I, I remember this there was this one round and there was like a doctor in it there was like a counselor in the group That'd be and a counselor like, it was yeah and there was like um there was yeah like a uh, I think a woman in her 40s and then there was I think a lawyer like it was insane and I was like who the hell do I think I am? Like, what can I teach them? Um, and what now I'm in of the mindset of like, I love that I have those feelings because I'm like, this is why I do what I do because it doesn't matter what, uh, how someone appears on the outside. It doesn't matter their job. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how much money they have. They're, everybody deals with insecurities yeah. and everyone deals with an inner critic and knowing that I experience this and I, you know, do so much work on myself, it's like, okay, actually everybody goes through this and sometimes, actually a lot of the time we do need, we need community and we need someone outside of ourselves to remind us of, you know, how special we are and, and how worthy we are. So I think that through my own struggles and my own insecurities, it's weird, but it actually gives me the confidence mm. to to do what I do. And I think that one of my greatest strengths is my vulnerability. Like, I just, I am, like I said to you when we were messaging, like I'm an open book. I really am. Like I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to, to defend and I have nothing to prove. And I recognize that I'm going to make mistakes and I recognize that I'm not always going to have the answers. And in that gives me so much confidence um, and, and reminds me that this is my gift, you know? Mm. So it doesn't matter if I don't have all of the, the answers. I think that I bring something really special to, to help women with. Yeah. Did you always have this inner ability to have these conversations with people growing up? Like, if, mm. if, if, we, were to, if, if we were to ask your mum, for example, yeah. what was Courtney like as a little girl? Would you be like, oh, of course she's doing the work she's doing now? Yeah. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's funny because the the first thing that comes to mind is like what like mum would always say <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> As she would always just be like, stop showing off, Courtney. Like, I would just, like, as a little girl, like, I I think maybe it was, like, a little bit of, like, middle child syndrome. Okay. But um, <laughs> I don't hate attention. I don't mind being in the spotlight, um, which is interesting because the more I learn about myself, the more introverted I actually realise I am, but that's a whole other story. Um, but I, yeah, I grew up with sports and I was always in team sports. And often I found myself captaining basically any team that I, any sport that I played in, I was often the captain. I I played softball uh, professionally and I, I actually don't know if I can say professionally. I like played in the like junior White Sox, which say was like, professionally. yeah, I'm like, Jesus, come on, own it. <laughs> but I'm like, is that professionally? Cause like, I don't know. Anyway, I 
okay. Um, but You're a I, pro. Yeah, so I remember just being um, the youngest in the team. I was a catcher, and so the catcher in softball is is the one, the only person in the team that can see the whole field. Um, Are they the behind the batter? Yeah, they're yeah. behind the batter. So the catcher sees the whole field and calls the whole game. So the p- catcher tells the pitcher what to do. The catcher, you know, like everyone's listening to the catcher. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the youngest on the team or one of the youngest on the team. I'm 15, 16 years old. And then everybody else is double my age. And so I'm just this, this you know, little girl who's like telling people what to do and yeah and I think that that from a young age um, definitely helped me um, and then also another I guess contributing factor to the fact that I'm just meant to do what I do is um, I was the friend that was always giving advice like I would yes. always be the one that people would come to for advice and this was interesting because this is another identity that I had to work through mm. because it's a positive it's a positive label but actually it meant that I exhausted myself and I found wound up in friendships that weren't serving or weren't mutual um, again that's probably another story but um, I I actually had to have a bit of a talking to myself about is that my friends are my friends I'm not their coach I I have worth as a friendship as a human as I am and just you know just because I'm not giving these like pearls of wisdom every time I hang out doesn't mean that I'm not a good friend which was yeah so it's I think that Lighthouse and, and my job um, helps to be that outlet of like, okay, I've got all this advice and I've got all of these thoughts here, have it, and not burden my friends or family with like all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when you grow up and especially in your 20s and your teenage years too, you go through so many different versions of yourself. Like what's that old Shrek, Shrek quote? It's like you've got layers, right? you got <laughs> yeah. so many different ones. Um, do you still feel like you will – evolve as a person I'm sure like the answer is yes right <laughs> but I, I guess I'll reframe that question how did you know and we probably all go through that stage growing up where you know you might be drinking more than you should have maybe not investing your time with the right people how do you get out of those sort of ruts and have a really frank conversation with yourself that hey maybe the group of friends or the activities I'm doing on the weekend isn't actually aligning to my goals yeah how do you have that conversation with yourself um I think and this is like a conversation that I've been having with a lot of people lately is the concept of seasons and um how you know we go through so many different seasons. Sounds in our way life. better than <laughs> onion layers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like that. I like that. Um, yeah. So thinking about again, like I'm really conscious of not falling into that toxic positivity trap of like you know when things are good they have to stay this way and um, if things aren't constantly progressing and if I'm not you know happy every day or like um, you know progressing in my personal or professional life, then uh, I'm a useless piece of, you know, um, but actually reminding myself of seasons and that, you know, I think I think of it like summer, spring, autumn, winter. So summer is the, the playful season. It's the season of um, experiencing, being, playing, and then you've got um, you've got autumn, and autumn is the season of releasing and um, shedding, and you know that might be that season where you recognise, oh, okay, like 
these friendships aren't serving me or this relationship isn't serving me, this job isn't serving me, this environment isn't serving me, these thoughts aren't serving me. So that's the, the, the uh, yeah, just releasing those and, and unlearning. And then you've got winter. So maybe you've, you've released those people or environments and you go through a state of resting, um, but it can feel really lonely in winter and that's not something to be fixed, that's something to be sat with and experienced. Um, so you've got winter where there's not much movement, that's more survival. And I think that in that season, like if somebody was in their winter season, I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't want them to do lighthouse. Like I think right. that it's, you know, the, that's, the, that's the season that you're in where you're just like, look, I'm just stoked to get out of bed. I'm just like doing, just trying to get the basics. Uh, you know, life's a lot right now. And I think that was the case for a lot of people going through COVID and um, dealing with just a lot of external stuff, let alone the internal stuff. So in those sort of seasons, like, hey, this is rest. This is just, you know, being in this space. Not that comfortable, but I think that's where we have to really mm. uh, add an extra self care. And then, then you've got spring, and yeah, I think that my 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 spring gals and my autumn gals are like who I best work with. So spring is like, okay, like I've I've rested, I'm ready to grow, I'm ready to explore, I'm curious, I'm learning, I'm meeting new people. Right. It's, it's 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 yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's uncomfortable, but it's also exciting. Yeah. So I think that I think of my life like that, and I think that. You know, I definitely went through periods of like drinking and, um, you know, being an idiot. And I went through seasons of like fun. And, but I just, I'm like, I know that they'll come back around in some, you know, in a different shape or form. Yeah. Um, and just kind of accepting that is, it makes it a little bit easier to manage. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, seasons over onions. Onion <laughs> <layers>. <laughs> yeah. Sounds way better. <laughs> With your work, a lot of it is around community building. And, you know, your Instagram game is on fleek. <laughs> what is the secret? Well, it's, uh, I haven't heard that in a while. It's I'm good. Fleek. I'm bringing back the, the, the word fleek. Like I didn't say the word lit. But um, yeah, yeah okay. what's your, do you have like a, you know, your social media is bloody brilliant. You, how much time do you spend, spend oh, you know, investing into that? Don't talk to me about that. Um, no, I, I have a funny relationship with, um, Instagram and social media, I am so grateful for it and I also hate it. Um, but my, I see it as my responsibility to bring, I guess, a, a lighter feel to, I don't know if lighter feel is the right way of um, explaining it, but I, I just, I want to have my presence on social media be of value because I think that a lot of people are spending time on social media and it can get really, it can get really toxic and you can fall, you know, into the comparison trap. You can fall into the feelings of not good enough. You can fall into the numbing and avoiding certain things. And so I guess when I'm on social media, I'm not just on there to just be on there, I'm on there to provide some sort of value. Like I want people to go, if they, you know, go on it and they go on my page, I want them to feel either joy or like they're not alone um, or like they're learning something. Like those three things, that's what I, that's that's like my main, my main purpose on social media. So, um, yeah. I was going to mention that, and I probably should have um, said that when I asked, asked the question. But 
with looking through your social media, you know, there's lots of themes of vulnerability around there. And that's something which you don't see from, you know, especially a lot of Instagram models or just anybody in general because you don't share the shit days. You mm. rather share the good days. Yeah. Is, is that important for you? And is that something you encourage other people to sort of step up on a bit? Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, like I said before, vulnerability is my superpower. And I... Like hate hate it sometimes. Like sometimes I just wish that I could just use it as like a highlight reel. I mean I can, but like I'm like that's not going to achieve anything, and that's just going to add to the problem. But it's it's I honestly treat it like my diary. I I I don't really unless I'm working through things. I I don't often hold back. Um, and it actually it's actually really freeing for me. So. For me, when I was personal training, I had, yeah, the the identity, the mask of a personal trainer. I remember um, going to Burger Fuel one night and I bumped into this guy from school and he's like, oh, Courtney, like, you shouldn't be in Burger Fuel. Like, I thought you're Miss Health or something like that. And I remember going to, like, the supermarket and bumping into clients and then, like, looking in my basket and, like, just this idea of, like, oh, you're a personal trainer. This is this is the food you should eat. This is the life you should live. This is mm. how your body should look. Um, and it gave me a lot of anxiety. I found, like, I was having to I, – I really hurt myself physically and mentally to try and – be portrayed as this personal trainer so I really like hurt my body and I and my 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 body image as well I was scared to like bump into people you know on the streets and I just thought that's exhausting like having to live these multiple lives of like oh like in the gym I'm this person but then at home I can like be this person um and then in the clubs I'm this person and I just hope that I don't bump into you know and I just thought you know what that's too exhausting for me so it is like it's it is for the people but it's also for myself of like actually this is who I am I'm not happy all the time I'm not done up all the time I don't always have the answers and I do make mistakes and it's honestly just and I think I do encourage people to do this because I think that you know people don't have to you know treat Instagram as their diary but I think that the more we can you know remove those masks and be honest about our struggles and you know you know ourselves um the the more freeing we'll yes. feel and the mm. less angst we'll have about trying to uphold this um yeah this I guess identity. Yeah, yeah. Geez, just imagine how politicians would feel as well. You know, like the public scrutiny yeah. of their job being in the public eye. Like, fuck, I just don't know how anyone can do that. Honestly, it's it, it's exhausting to think about, and I and I, and the thing that I think about with vulnerability is that people people think. People crave connection. They crave connection. They crave to be understood and they crave to be liked and loved. And then what we do is we think that, oh, we have to be perfect. So in order to be loved, we have to be perfect. We have to look amazing. We have to not make any mistakes. We have to have all the answers. We have to be doing really well. But I don't know about you. I know for me personally, like when somebody shows me who they really are, like their weirdness, their quirks, their uncertainty, their truth, 
I'm like obsessed with them. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I like, I feel so much, maybe not obsessed, but like I'm so, I feel so much closer to them yeah. and I feel a, a much deeper connection than if someone was like, oh, like I want to come across this way and you know, everything's fine and oh, yeah, I'm happy and I'm just like, I, there's a block there. Agreed. So I, I think that vulnerability is just, yeah, if we can encourage ourselves to do that more, yeah. it would be a lot would make our lives a lot easier. Yeah, leave a lot of weight off our shoulders and the yeah. burden for sure. Um, really keen to get your thoughts as well, just on, I guess, your view and take on starting your own business. You know, a big part of this podcast is around inspiring others to, like what we said earlier, you know, choose the path less traveled. Mm. Um, what really brought you towards wanting to start your own business? Um, I think that initially it was just following my joy. I think that... And I don't, I don't want to say this and have people kind of use it as a reason not to follow their dreams. Um, but I think that I was really lucky with my parents. They, they were, you know, when I said, oh, I'm, I don't want to do seventh form. I just want to follow sport. Like th this makes me happy and I, I just want to do this. And they were like, sweet. And then, you know, I was like, okay, I want to, I'm going to start my business. And they were, they were supportive of that, um, which I'm grateful for. But I just was, I was always encouraged to follow my joy. And I think that I have done that my entire life and that has led me to running a business. But I also think that I'd be a really, I'm a really shit employer, like uh, employee, should I say? I'm a really, like, I don't like being told what to do. I think that I'm pretty stubborn. Um, and I also, you know, don't, like, I find that some days I will do three weeks worth of work. And then, like, some days I will, like, do literally nothing yeah. and I just think that the way I am I'm so thankful that I run my own business because I just don't yeah I just don't like <laughs> I'm so envious ah, <laughs> wish it was me yeah so um yeah I think that um just kind of knowing the way that I am um definitely helps me to be in this be doing what I do yeah. I have thought many many times what the hell am I doing? Can I really do this? Actually, you know what? Maybe the nine to five job is for me. Um, I have thought about quitting so many times. Really? Um, yeah, absolutely. And the then I come back to there's going to be pros and cons in everything you do. Yep. There's going to be sacrifices and rewards in every single thing you do. So this is not me saying nine to five jobs suck, like get out of the rat race. Like it's not that at all, but it is recognizing, you know, yourself and knowing yourself a bit better and knowing that, okay, with a, with a nine to five job, there's going to be sacrifices and there's going to be rewards. With running your own business, there's going to be sacrifices and rewards. So what, when I, those times where I was really, really struggling in my business, um, I, I just had to ask myself, which, which sacrifice am I willing to have? So within my business, the sacrifice that I experience is uncertainty. Mm. I don't know when my next pay is coming in. I don't have, you know, holiday pay or sick leave. Um, so there's the uncertainty, the sacrifice of, of privacy. So actually I can't just, you know, go off social media. I, that's such a huge part of what I do. So I am putting myself out there and um, it's, it is really uncomfortable. Um, so the sacrifice of privacy and then 
in a nine to five job, it's the sacrifice of freedom, for example, yes. in terms of, you know, having to ask, you know, when to take your lunch or when to um, go on holidays yeah, exactly. and things like that. And then there's the sacrifice of not being able to choose, you know, who you work with or what, what environment you work in. And so neither, neither is better um, on the whole, but for me personally as an individual, I'm like, I like one of my biggest values is freedom. I've got growth as a as a huge value, and I've got freedom as a huge value. And if I was to move into you know more certainty, I'd be losing something that was really important to me. So mm. it's like what gets me through. Mm. Yeah. So I think I think in terms of like if somebody wanted to start their own business or was unsure about it, just getting clear on what their values are, mm. what they value, and what sacrifices they are willing to have because. Running a, your own business is not just sitting in cafes drinking coffee and like you know like I don't know what whatever people yeah, perceive yeah, it to yeah, be. Yeah, there's yeah. there's there's ups and there's downs. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know certainly pros and pros and cons to everything. And I think it's so easy for that you know high flyer entrepreneurial you know making words of cash. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you see them sometimes on your YouTube ads. Like, yeah, oh god, yeah. I worked for <laughs> one day and I made four grand. It's yeah. like oh, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, but um, yeah. no, that's definitely really special. Um, hey, before we wrap things up, Courtney, uh, where can people uh, find out more about you and your work? Yeah, well, you can find me on the gram for sure. I, um, yeah, I'm on there a lot, and that is at withwild.co. Jack, can we try and make that pop down? Do like yeah. a cool fancy thing. We'll make oh, it yeah. Pop down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, withwild.co. Uh, my website is www.worthwild.co um, and I've actually been on TikTok a bit more now nice. keeping it up with the, the young kids some dancers um, or definitely not yeah <laughs> so no there's no dancers um, but that's actually been uh, I am a, I actually am a really creative person just in a different way to, to my sisters um, but TikTok has been a really cool place to kind of experiment with my creativity so you can find me I think it's Worthwild Coach yeah on there cool yeah. Perfect. We'll put some links in the uh, Spotify uh, description and also we'll put it in the YouTube links as well. Um, cool. We've got some quick fire questions. Oh, no. They're not too hard. <laughs> and then we're going to finish with a quote. Okay. Uh, I guess the first one is actually really hard. And it's something <laughs> that I ask all the guests. So, what is the meaning of life? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, the meaning of life is to. Experience joy, be in relationship with others, love, be loved. Um, yeah, I think that uh, everybody, you know, this is not really quick, but I think that women are definitely led to believe that to be selfless and to give, give, give is the that's what makes a, a woman worthy. I think to to give is incredible and such a beautiful thing. But I think that we are not just put on this earth to help others. We are also put on this earth to experience pleasure and joy and growth. And so I think that it's both giving and and receiving and experiencing. Yeah, yeah. Nice, love it. Uh, favorite musician at the moment. <sighs> oh my god. Well, I'm just I'm gonna 
I'm just going to say Coldplay because um, it's only because I've been listening to them a lot while I've been writing and they just bring me a lot of joy, yeah. I love their, uh, is it Parachutes, that album? It's the old one. Yes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's That's a good breakup album. Yeah, 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 I'm obsessed with that. I love the album, yeah, yeah. Um, Advice you wish you knew about when you were younger? Oh, advice that I wish I knew. Um... You're talking to the 16-year-old Courtney <laughs> who's confused about their future. Um, I think it would be something to do with the fact that it is – I guess I'll go to Glennon Doyle's quote of when a, when a woman learns that it's impossible to please everyone, she becomes free to please herself. And I think that I – I'm a recovering people pleaser and just recognising that not everybody is going to like me um, and that doesn't define my worth and that doesn't mean that I'm any less of a human um, but just to lean more into who I am and my authentic self and, and know that, yes, I'm going to piss some people off, yes, I'm going to upset some people um, but that that's just part of life. Yeah. Don't give a shit. Yeah. 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 Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. Uh, what does legacy mean to you? Um, legacy, I think. Well, what is your definition of legacy? What does it mean to you? Um, I think when, when you ask me that, what I think about is the, the interactions that I have with people on a daily basis. Like I don't think of it as like on a grand scheme I think of it in the little moments of like how you make someone feel you know just for example knowing somebody's name and saying someone's name is really important um eye contact is really important um listening and yeah I guess just like being in presence with someone I honestly think that that's like that's the legacy that I want to leave is in those small moments on the daily not this like really big big grand thing of like, oh, this was this person that started this massive thing. It's like, oh, I remember her, um, yeah, nice. you know. The yeah. way you made people feel. and Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Awesome. Hey, we're going to leave with a bit of a quote, but just want to say a massive thank you for jumping on the podcast. I've loved this conversation. Love your work. You're an awesome person. Um, and yeah, just, just, just a big thanks. Oh, thank you. I've honestly, yeah, I could keep yarning to you for, for ages. First wahine on the podcast <laughs> yes. as well. So boom, there's going to be more where this comes Let's from, go. guys. <laughs> cool. Here we go. Um, you should never view your challenges as a disadvantage. Instead, it's important to understand that your experience failing and overcoming adversity is actually one of your biggest advantages. Cheers. Yes. <laughs>